0: There are some days I just lie in bed and barely talk, barely able to move, because I've just been full of adrenaline for four or five hours, and I just crash.
1: Hello, and good morning to the low season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wouter Bernhardt a tour guide in Berlin, and like many of you, I currently don't have a job. Not a real job at least not one that pays the bills or cures covid 19 no at the moment i have one of those millennial i can be anyone grow a mustache and make a podcast kind of a job but to be perfectly honest i'm really quite happy with that job and speaking with all of you is the best thing i've been doing for months today i have another double story for you a conversation with two guides from berlin that live in the same apartment Though it isn't exactly what you'd call
0: a regular old flat chair. We were staying on opposite ends of the flat and making sure we didn't stand within six meters or two meters of each other.
1: I'm speaking with Steve Gibson about his experiences of making it out of Vietnam in time.
0: Well, I did get locked down in my hotel in uh, the city of Play for 24 hours. That there were police guards outside the front gate.
1: And with Chris Moniz, who had to quarantine with Steve after he came back from his travels
2: be as loud as I want and dance around in the living room in my underwear. And it was great.
1: We'll chat with both. Here's Stephen, Chris. Steven. Walter. You can also kill your video if you want to. Okay. And then we yep. could just focus on chatting with our mouths and our yes. ears.
0: I'll do the talking part with my mouth part. Steven, Steven,
1: Steven Gibson, you I've had quite a bit of a roller coaster. I feel, in the past month.
0: It has been an adventure.
1: How are you feeling at this very
0: moment? I'm feeling excellent. Um, I've just had breakfast. I just had a little bit of coffee. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's only my second cup for the day.
1: Oh, it's just the second cup already.
0: Yeah. I'm down to three a day. I'm like three actual cups rather than three bathtub sizes of coffee.
1: Oh my God, you are a coffee addict.
0: I am. I am. I have been known to wake up at four in the morning to have a cup of coffee to go back to sleep. <laughs> oh my god, That's so insane. Like it, it works well with our job, tour guiding. It works well with one of my hobbies, mathematics. And so you drink a lot of coffee and you say, oh, it's three o'clock. I better not drink anymore. But your body gets used to this level of coffee. And then across the area, rest of the night, the coffee filters out of your bloodstream and so you go down to normal and then you go below normal and you start to say oh my god i need something to to perk me up again to be calm enough to go back to sleep
1: now i know you to be a man who is always reading a plethora is that how you say that word
0: plethora plethora, plethora. a plethora
1: a plethora yeah. of different books and topics what what are you what are you currently what are you currently on i am reading um little
0: women uh, I went and saw that movie in the winter. Now, I would never have read this book before. It, it never appealed to me. But that movie, the uh, goethe Gervig one, was so amazing. I couldn't not uh, go off and read the book to see how she changed it.
1: And and how is it so far?
0: It's it's good. It's a bit twee. Like I'm glad I saw the movie first because the actors in that movie were just so perfect for their role that when I read the book, I imagine them doing it. Whereas if I was just watching reading the book from with virgin eyes, they'd be the most annoying human beings in history because they're just so nice.
1: Let me uh, get the facts straight. Um, were you supposed to be in Berlin right now?
0: No, I should be in America right now, um, possibly in Washington, D.C.
1: And things went wrong, uh, well, quite badly. You, in the end, decided to, to sort of cancel your holiday plans and decided to uh, stick it out in Berlin. How how is How's Berlin been treating you over the past couple of weeks?
0: It's been pretty good. Like, um, I think from the first day, I was just incredibly happy to be home because I made the decision first to cancel the American part of the journey, but then carry on to Australia. But uh, then I noticed the Australian government was starting to require me to go into isolation for two weeks, which would have been in an apartment, uh, in a small apartment with my parents and that would also require them to stay inside for that two weeks as well, which I thought was not fair on them. And so I made the call to uh, try and find a way to fly back from my final destination in Vietnam um, from Saigon. And that was pretty scary. Like by this time, things were definitely amping up in Vietnam. I nearly got locked. Well, I did get locked down in my hotel in uh, the city of Hue for 24 hours. Uh, I had to scramble to get the trains down to Saigon I get there and find my hotel has shut down because of course, the virus. And so things were getting very tense. And so being on that flight for uh, was what altogether about 20 hours, flying back from Vietnam to Berlin and just being around people and not knowing do any of these people have the virus. And so it was very tense the entire way. And so finally getting back to Berlin, that was a huge sigh of relief. Just to go, oh, thank God I'm in safe territory again. But um, I came back to my apartment, and I just knew that I was going to put myself in lockdown for the whole time I was here. And I'd read enough to know that the virus typically starts to show symptoms after about five days. So I should sort of look out around the five-day mark, and by about the seventh day, if I haven't shown symptoms, you'll probably be pretty certain that I wouldn't show symptoms. And then about day eight or nine after coming back, just my glands really, my neck started to swell very prominently. And so finally I decided, well, this is serious enough that I guess I should report myself uh, as someone suffering symptoms. I do feel sorry for Chris, my housemate. He had already, by the time I felt sick, he had already been isolating himself for 22 days.
2: The thing is... Life for me personally didn't change. I was worried about Steve, of course, but uh, life personally didn't change too much because I wasn't leaving the house anyways at all, except for once a week to do groceries, um, mostly for other people. You know, if if I got it, that's... Probably not going to be a problem statistically, but it's it's the fact that you could pass it on to so many other people, and especially people like my girlfriend who are completely immunocompromised. It's a uh, it's a super dangerous situation to be in.
1: Like you you, you mentioned uh, briefly, like Sina, your girlfriend, she she's not well. She's a, a sort of a risk class in in all of this. Yeah, what what kind of precautions have you been taken to sort of yeah minimize the sh- her getting sick specifically?
2: Yeah, I mean, she was going to be in isolation quote-unquote anyways at this point because she's doing a bone marrow transplant so in order for her to accept the new bone marrow they basically well they quite literally have to take her immune system down to nothing. They have to get rid of it, um, which is a scary prospect. So she's going to be in isolation anyways, but the hospital, I mean, normally when you're doing this bone marrow transplant, which is actually relatively common with leukemia, um, you have to go into isolation, but they still do allow visitors. Um, We thought it was, when we first heard that before this ever happened, uh, we thought it was going to be almost like a solitary confinement type situation where, you know, don't even look at her, you know, don't go to the window, nothing. Um, But she actually could have visitors. You just have to kind of sanitize yourself almost like you're going to surgery, you know, wear a couple masks, put on plastic on your shoes and your hands and everything gloves. Um, but yeah, now that this has happened me and her parents have, have completely decided to forego any sort of visitation. Cause you just never know. I mean, even the, even the, you know, Ubon ride to visit her in the hospital, that could be when I get it despite the fact that I've been very careful and I've been isolating myself, um, isolating at least physically. Uh, yeah, that, that ride to the sub, you know, through the subway could be it. That could be what does it. Uh, so I
0: then went and had a talk to some other friends who had um, been diagnosed positive with the virus. And they put me onto the links to find um, the health service in my area that, would, uh, that I should report to. And that was a bit exciting. So in the end, I just sent an email to someone. Uh, they wrote back and started to ask uh, questions and they put me in full quarantine for a week. They did send someone round to me. Uh, he was in the full paper overalls. It was a very complicated uh, thing where he basically said, "I will, you can buzz me into the building, but then stand by the door, do not open the door till I t- uh, knock on the door." And then he came in, stood by the elevators of my um, on my floor, put on the full hazmat or put on a full paper uh, overalls, a mask, a face mask, and that took a good five minutes. Uh, and then he came into the flat. I sort of ushered him into the dining room, and he just, no, we'll do this in the hallway as close to the door as possible. And so he put the swab into my mouth to, uh, thankfully it's not through the nose anymore. It's through the mouth. And as soon as it touched the back of my throat, I coughed uncontrollably right into his face, which is incredibly embarrassing and horrifying. Uh, But then, yeah, so he was in and out within two minutes.
2: So he thought he had it and had, yeah, definitely a pretty abysmal few days of like psychosomatic worry and stress, obviously, and, and especially for him, he has asthma, you know, you don't want a respiratory virus when you already have a reduced lung capacity, I would say.
0: And the test came back negative, which was fantastic. That's wonderful. So as of about 10 past three yesterday, I was able to go outside again.
1: Did you immediately do that?
0: uh i took the recycling uh downstairs such an adventure exactly it was it was intimidating to be outside again chris my housemate did go on out for a four-hour walk yesterday uh, he walked down to temple airport had a beer or two
2: now that i uh have the doctors go ahead now that steve is tested negative for covid uh we're allowed to leave the house again because before we're getting our groceries delivered to our door and then you know <laughs> basically waving goodbye to a, a walking plastic bag that delivered the groceries. Um, now I can go outside, so I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, I've got some Skype with friends later on as well, so maintaining that social contact, man, it's important.
1: How are you? How are you seeing the uh, the next couple of days or maybe weeks
0: ahead? As long as this uh, self-isolation period is on, I'm just seeing that as basically a pause button on life. Uh, Just, as you said, reading a plethora of books, watching a a fair few maths videos on YouTube, and just practicing my German, and also practicing my programming skills.
1: Your programming skills?
0: Yes. Uh, Learning the language Python.
1: You're going into programming?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been doing it for a while. Um, I come from a maths and science background. I just thought, because I think we're going to get onto the tour guiding, then what's the future for tour guiding? it is getting a little exhausting for me. As I said, I'm an introvert and I go out and I do this every day and I come back at the end of it. And I'm, there are some days I just lie in bed and barely talk, barely able to move because I've just been full of adrenaline for four or five hours and I just crash. And so you don't see people like you don't go out as much. You don't see your actual friends as often as you'd like to. And it's, it can be exhausting. I'm thinking, okay, is it time to find something else to do? Uh, I've had some, a few friends who have self-taught themselves a few languages. Uh, Python, there is a, a shortage of people who know how to program in it. It's an incredibly useful language. And so if I was to learn it well, I could start to pick up some part-time work in that.
2: I play lots of music at the moment, Walter. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something I would do anyways. It's, you know, that's always been my main catharsis and my main thing in general uh but definitely with this you know and being isolated uh it's been i've been doing it a lot more for sure but uh it was really good because steve when this kind of first broke out and travel bans are are kind of happening around the world and you know they're, they're grounding flights for people um steve was in vietnam he was on vacation so i had the whole house to myself for like the first week and a half i was quarantining myself so i could like just be as loud as i want and dance around in the living room in my underwear and it was great
1: what um what are you looking forward to uh, in the yeah the next couple of weeks or months? What what is the the thing that you say like okay that would be that would be great if we got that over with?
2: The guide population is a pretty they're a reasonable bunch you know the pretty pragmatic people as a whole and I think you know when you have a virus like this when people have been unemployed or a lot of people have been unemployed or getting cuts to their wages or whatever or travel bans you know people's instinct isn't going to be to travel and then buy tours and spend extraneous money that they just don't have anymore you know it's not going to be you're going to focus on your essentials right um there's been so many apologies from you know companies that i think a lot of us work with and stuff like that it's like you know it's it's not your fault no one's to blame when there's a sweeping global pandemic uh so because it's so out of control i think i'm in a weird backwards way not stressed about it because there's you know i think anxiety kind of is comes from a place of like a perceived or real lack of control you know but when you kind of allow yourself to let go of that control. You kind of relax a bit, I would say. It's a stressful situation in general, but like, there's almost no point in stressing about it because you're not gonna change it, you know what I mean?
1: Well, Chris, I wanna thank you so much for chatting to me. I hope uh, everything will go way, way smoother very, very soon. Um, I hope maybe in the the future, next couple of weeks or something, a month, we can maybe check up again, see where you're at, how you're doing, and uh, what has changed. Um, Would love to. Yeah, for now, I just hope you have a lovely rest of your day.
0: You as well. Good luck with the rest of them. Pleasure chatting with us ever. Well, falta. Okay, see you soon. Bye.
1: That were Chris Moniz and Steve Gibson speaking from their flat in Friedrichshain. It's, of course, super stressful to have to cut your holiday short like that, having to decide in Vietnam whether you're going to Australia and sit the crisis out over there or try and make it back to Berlin, not knowing exactly when you're going to see your family again. Chris, with another incredibly serious problem on his hands, having the person you love in the hospital is already one thing, not being able to visit that person because you might make the ill is a form of isolation that I think only few of us can wrap our heads around. I can understand how the stress of being unemployed is something that Chris is slightly less worried about than the rest of us. Steve, on the other hand, is taking the opportunity to slowly make a career change. Just like Katinka yesterday, Steve's quoting the physical toll of guiding as one of the main reasons why he's considering another job. And I think we've all been where Steve has at some point or another. After your 29th tour in a row, or after a seven-hour visit of a former concentration camp, or maybe doing two tours back-to-back in 32-degree weather, some days can really take it out of you. Now, we didn't get to chat about it a lot, but Steve's a big fan of mathematics, always reading a book on the topic, and he wanted to share some of his favorite math videos with you, so I've added them to the show notes as essential viewing materials. If you enjoyed this episode, do let me know. And if you want to have a chat yourself, shoot me a message at thelowseasonpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to have a chat and see where your head's at. Make sure you subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. Just keep them stacking day after day. You can find us on Overcast, iTunes, Spotify and Podbean or on whatever funky audio players you got your ears glued to. Tomorrow we speak to Campbell Buse. He too was stuck in Southeast Asia, but unlike Stephen, he decided to make a dash for Australia rather than to go back to Berlin.
0: So it felt like a helicopter flying out of Saigon in...
1: 70, oh god 74, 73 <laughs> this, this is a podcast not, I can't remember either Music is by Mark Schilders Artwork by Sergio Membrias Georgia Riongoos, The Cream on a Deviled Egg Eat that, my friends